0: Welcome to Yukon Internal Medicine Podcast. This is Alator Shujin, your host and a chief medical resident here at Yukon. Before we start, a quick disclaimer: All opinions and views expressed in our podcast are entirely the responsibility of the authors and do not represent the opinions of anyone else in the Yukon Department of Medicine. The content presented is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice. With that out of the way, let's dive into this week's episode of ambulatory series and talk about hearing loss. Our goal for today will be to cover diagnosis and management of acute hearing loss as well as chronic hearing loss. At the end, we'll briefly talk about over-the-counter hearing aids and the evidence behind their use in patients with mild to moderate hearing loss. Hearing loss is actually very common with nearly 15% of Americans experiencing hearing loss at some point during their life. Important to mention that majority of hearing loss cases develop after birth, with only 0.1% of population being born with impaired hearing. Nearly 50% of patients over the age 70 will have some degree of hearing loss and 80% of patients over the age of 80. Presbycusis or age-related hearing loss, is usually symmetrical and slowly progressive and remains the most common cause of chronic hearing loss in older adults. Generally speaking, hearing loss can be divided into two categories, conductive and sensorineural hearing loss. Conductive hearing loss, as the name suggests, comes from inability of external and middle ear to mechanically transmit sound vibrations. Some of the common conditions responsible for conductive hearing loss are cerumen impaction, otitis media, and otosclerosis. Sensorineural neural hearing loss, on the other hand, primarily involves loss of function of inner ear or vestibulocochlear nerve. Some of the common reasons for sensory neural hearing loss are genetic disorders, noise exposure, and presbycusis. In the primary care setting, You're unlikely to have the audiology equipment, such as tone-emitting otoscope, necessary for a proper assessment of hearing. So what do you do? You can try whispering numbers and letters and asking your patient to repeat them back to you. Sensitivity of whisper test ranges from 30 to 68%, and specificity ranges from 70 to 90%. Don't forget that whisper test is also operator-dependent. Next up, we have Weber and Renee tests that you probably remember from med school. These tests also don't have a great sensitivity and specificity, but can help you differentiate a conductive versus sensory neural hearing loss in the office setting. Both tests require a tuning fork at 512 Hertz For Weber test, the vibrating tuning fork is placed on the middle of the forehead and the patient is asked to identify which side the tone is heard louder. For Renee test, the vibrating tuning fork is placed on the mastoid process followed by holding the fork right next to the external auditory canal. Patient is then asked to comment on what part of the test the sound was perceived louder. Interpretation of the results is what most residents find confusing, so let's talk about that. For Weber test, it will always lateralize to the affected ear for the conductive hearing loss, meaning the sound will be louder on the side of conductive hearing loss. For sensory neural hearing loss, the opposite is true. The sound will be louder in the unaffected ear for me it was always helpful to remember that weber lateralizes to the site of conductive hearing loss and that sensorineural hearing loss was the opposite next up renee test will have louder bone conduction for conductive hearing loss and louder air conduction for sensorineural hearing loss when evaluating a patient with hearing loss make sure to ask about onset recent trauma exposure to loud noises, otalgia, fever, neck stiffness, headaches. On physical exam, pay close attention to external ear, external auditory canal, tympanic membrane, and palpate mastoid process for swelling or tenderness. Assess pre- and post auricular lymph nodes, as well as cervical chain lymph nodes. What is interesting is that up to 90% of the time, the cases of sudden sensorineural hearing loss cannot be identified. Viral illness is often implicated, but rarely proven. Some of the non-viral causes include trauma, exposure to loud noises, barotrauma if patient does scuba diving, medications, which can include NSAIDs, aminoglycosides, loop diuretics, or platinum-based chemotherapeutic agents. Sjogren's syndrome, Kogan syndrome, bacterial otitis media, or mastoiditis have also been involved in some of the cases. Fortunately, up to two-thirds of patients with idiopathic sudden sensorineural hearing loss regain their hearing within weeks and up to six months. Starting timely therapy for this type of hearing loss is crucial. Ideally, you want to start steroid treatment within two weeks of symptom onset although treatment can be given up to eight weeks after onset. For patients with profound hearing loss, combination of oral plus intratympanic steroids can be given. For patients presenting within 48 hours of symptom onset, Velociclovir can also be considered. I don't know if some of you may have heard of over-the-counter hearing aids, but FDA had first approved it in 2017 and first models available for purchase in 2022. They're pricey and can cost anywhere from $200 to $1,500. There is little data on their effectiveness, but some patients whose Medicare plan does not cover prescription hearing aids, over-the-counter options may be their best bet. In addition to hearing aid, there is also auditory rehabilitation, which may be helpful for some patients. Auditory rehabilitation usually includes speech and lip reading, Education on reading facial expression and choosing the best environment to enhance hearing with reduced background noise and good lighting. This type of training is done by an audiologist and can be a good supplement to a hearing aid prescription. So, the bottom line is hearing loss is common. There are two major categories of hearing loss conductive and sensory neural. By far, the most common cause of hearing loss is presbycusis, which is a subtype of age-related sensorineural hearing loss. Sudden sensorineural hearing loss can be very concerning to the patient and can be caused by viral infections, medications, barotrauma, loud noise, as well as some autoimmune conditions such as Sjogren syndrome and Kogan syndrome. Timely steroid therapy is crucial and should be initiated within 2 weeks, ideally, but can be given up to 8 weeks from the symptom onset. Velocyclovir can be considered, but only in patients who present within 48 hours of symptom onset. Over-the-counter hearing aids have become a promising alternative to prescription hearing aids, but the data on their efficacy is limited. Lastly, auditory rehabilitation should be considered in any patients with hearing loss. That's all we have for you this week. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you in our next episode.